ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Tim Shellman, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm wonderful. Welcome back to ATV Talk. I want to change. I want to change gears on you and and talk a little bit of TPQ, the racer. Um, we've always touched on some of the things that you've done, and you were always an experimental racer. And what I mean by that is, if if there was something to be tested and tried, you were generally the guy that did it. Um, True. Where did that come from? And why weren't you afraid? Uh, I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) How's that? And I was always, you know what, if there's some, if there's some way to make a spark. So I started way late, right? Most of these people that I raced against started, you know, in their teens or, you know, like single digit ages. And I started at the age of 30. Um, I loved it because it gave me a platform to be me. So if somebody came up with something to try something new, I was like, you know what? I got nothing to lose. I really don't. Um, is it going to be a, a platform to me, you know, for me to talk about? Then I'll do it. Um, I got to test out some of the neatest stuff that is still top of the line crap that nobody else has tested at like the beginning of time. Um, recluse clutches, um, still probably the most cheaterist clutch on the planet. And I still use it to this day. Um, a handbrake from recluse um, on my on my TRX 450s that I ran, I ran a 05 TRX 450s because the, the transmissions were solid and you could build a um, a low-end, medium-hit motor on them and then gusset the frame. Like, you throw, like, 
600 pounds worth of gussets <laughs> on the frames so you wouldn't break them. I don't even know why you're laughing. <laughs> Is it true? It's true. It's true. You've only built like seven or 8,000 of them. Doug Rall calls my frames boat anchors. Boat anchors. Well, yeah. So, and, um, so, uh, Texera would, Texera would do, uh, gusset kits for me. It's like, here, try this, here, try this. Um, there was a great, uh, great guy called Hot Rod Bill. He built hot rods here locally. And, um, he added this strut. And I know you know it, the strut that went from the forwardmost motor mount up all the way to the top motor mount, and it was an adjustable strut. I have to, I'm sure you remember it because you look at it, you're like, what the hell is this? I'm like, well, yeah, you silly people keep breaking frames. I'm not breaking frames anymore because of this. And then, um, so there's a, <laughs> there's a fishing rod company. Uh, called G Loomis. Some people have heard of it. Maybe millions of people have heard about. Um, Brad Brad Loomis um, sent me a bunch of carbon fiber parts, and Brad Loomis sent me a set of tie rods, carbon fiber tie rods. My dumbass is known for bouncing off trees. I like to bounce through trees because it's I'm not a desert guy. I hate desert. I hate sand whoops. Screw all that stupid who races in that that's dumb why would you ever spend your time doing that real what <laughs> whatever bounce off a tree elves race in the trees right i haven't i'm still picking bark off out of my teeth right now <laughs> so i would bounce off these trees and i would and typically you'd have these big like super stout stainless tie rods and then i'd break tie rod ends or i'd bend uh, or I'd break, uh, you know, all the hubs. Like, well, that's dumb. You know, I'd get 15 minutes into a race and I'd break all this crap. So anyway, so he sent me to carbon tie rod or carbon fiber tie rods. And I'm bouncing off of stuff and it just bends and then comes back, bends and comes back. And I'm, I still have the same set on 12, 12 years later. Never changed. That's incredible. And I've and I've loaded up more DWT wheels with bark and never bent or broke anything or had to reset my uh, reset any of my front end. And I've tested it. How about carbon? How about carbon fiber motor mounts? Sent me that too. Still have carbon fiber motor mounts on the bike. It's all this stuff people send to me is like, here, try this out. You're a dumbass. You do dumb shit. Here, try this. Like, all right, cool. Just because I don't know. I'm still so new to it that I don't know. I don't I don't know anything, but I'm gonna go huck that stupid thing. I may break it, you know. I may I may break another helmet, <laughs> you know, but whatever. I'm gonna try it just because I loved it that much. I still do. I mean, um, there's still times I go out. I'll back it up a little bit. So I haven't raced in a long time and you miss it. 
you totally, it's like being out of it for so long, you still miss it. People don't understand when you go out on a two hour race and you almost die like 15 times. People don't understand that. And you push yourself, you push yourself to the point where it's the split second, and I'm going to give you a snap. Like, ooh, that was almost it. And it's the shiver that runs through your, that runs through your body. I miss that. And you, it, it, it's the feeling of being alive. It is. Yeah, I'm not dead. I'm super alive. Now I'm, now I'm really, really alive because I, I almost got, my ticket almost got pulled. And you, you hit that bump and you were out of the gas and you're supposed to be in the gas and the rear wheels are above you and you're looking at the ground and you're just knowing that it's over and yeah. somehow you land it and you right. just, and you're like, I, what happened? Yeah. I call it when you see your own drain plug. Yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah. You're in trouble. Right. But then you come out of it. You're like, cool. Till the next time, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> it could be 30 seconds from now yeah, it might be a turn two from here right yeah. oh. um i've always i've always loved to be the guy to do that first i mean hit the first triple or it wasn't really a triple but you know what i'm gonna make it a triple or the you know the works cross section to where they would build some kind of like crazy off-road section with concrete blocks and logs and tires. And I was always the first one to go into it and just like, you know, jump like the fastest way through is to clear all of it. Right. You don't touch the ground in the middle of it. That's a slow way through. If you jump all of it, you're, you're already out. Um, that was always my thought process. There was, and that's, Short-term thinking. <laughs> it's always short-term thinking. Like, here's the takeoff. If I hit this just right in second or third, I'll clear this. But I have no idea what the hell is going to happen on the other side. It's going to be cool. That's what it's going to be. Um, that's how I live my pro career. Just, I'm not, I was never the fastest guy. And I knew that. I was amongst a pro line that was, you were there too. There was anywhere from 20 to 30 dudes on the pro line, right? Yep. There wasn't six. There was 30 dudes. We're double stacked in the gates. And I knew I wasn't going to be the fastest guy. I mean, I had, I was going up against people, Doug Eichner, Josh Frederick, Bo Barron, who have beat, i Beat Bo Baron, and I will say that only once because I only beat him once. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I love this shit out of Bo Baron. Like probably one of the neatest cats you'll ever want to sit down with, talk to, and most talented dudes. Like triple threat, dirt bike side by side, ATV, talented, talented, talented son of a gun. Um, very, very much so. Yes. Stupid story. I'm going to give you another one. Um, we're at Hollister, California. It's 195 degrees. Um, it 
cooled down from 212. And we have a works race there. And two kids, I'm going to call them kids, 16-ish years old, that came from the Northwest, Jory Williams and, uh, oh, God, don't. Jory Williams and Curtis McNitt. Both these kids, talented, talented, talented racers, right? We come down out of Hollister to go to dinner to this Mexican restaurant. And we see him. We go crash the table. Allie's there, too, and Maria, too. And they're like, uh, they go get ready to order. And they go, yeah, we want a uh, cheese quesadilla or a chicken quesadilla. I'm like, you dumb sons of bitches. You don't know anything. And their dads are there too, right? And I go, they're going to have what we're having. They're like, what? well, certain, Tim, what's that? I go, we're going to have mocajete. Like, what's, what's mocajete? It's like, you'll know when it shows up. So here comes this lava bowl, you know, that shows up. It's all boiling. And it's got, you know, the Mexican stew in it. That's what mocajete is. And they kind of poke at it a little bit. And then they chow down the whole bowl. Like, holy crap, Tim, that was so awesome. We had mocajete tonight. And I sent them both a picture of Maria eating mocajete. It was like, still thinking about you guys. And that was, oh, crap, that was 15 years ago. Yes, I think it's been longer because they, uh, it wasn't long after that. I don't think that they, they, they kept going. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but that's the personalities, right? They they're older. They have they have kids now, and but it's it's that life experiences. I didn't know. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. I didn't know how much of an impact I would have on the younger generation as I do now. It's 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 kind of surreal, you know. When you think about it, I look back at the kids that I've helped and I see them with their, you know, 10, 11 year olds, some babies, you know, some teenagers and you're, and you're scratching your head going, I'm not that old. I don't feel that old. I don't think I don't feel that old until I get out of bed in the the morning. Yes. Why, you gotta, why do you got to bring the truth into it? <laughs> right. Right. Because you, know, you, don't have, you don't have a mic on you when you're getting out of bed. You're like, eh, uh, eh. It's like dinosaur season. If they, if, they put a, if they put those little sensors on your joints, the noises they would make when you get out of bed is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so flashing back, like, Alex Ortiz. Alex Ortiz is wonderful human. He's he's back to racing pro now. And Alex Ortiz used to race uh, in the youth class. And I I don't want to say I taught him how to get over a log, but he'd never seen a log before because he was a desert kid. Yep. Right. So we're in surprise at Speed World, and there's uh the uh the hot pits and they had a couple logs set up in the hot pits and alex came up to me because 
we got to do uh, works pro training, which was really fun to a bunch of the kids, you know, kids and adults used to come out. And we used to teach a bunch of the pros, Dustin Nelson, who is a phenomenal, phenomenal person. I love the shit out of Dustin Nelson. Um, Josh Frederick, Josh Rowe. <laughs> I love that crazy cat too. Um, they used to put us in pro clinics and we used to teach kids how to go, you know, over obstacles, you know, how to go through a corner, how to jump a jump or, you know, go over a stupid obstacle. Well, they, Alex Ortiz came up to me. It's like, Hey, can you teach me how to go over this log? So I was like, cool. So I, you know, put my gear on and I like went over the log. It's like, so, you know, you hear the, hear the motor clutch, whatever, you know, I'm cheating because I have a recluse and I'm just going to burp and do the thing. And he goes to go up over and his dad is standing there too. And he goes and he hits the log and it bucks him and he flies over the handlebars and the quad rolls up over him and stops on him. <laughs> like, awesome. That's not it. Yeah. So I'm standing, I'm literally standing next to him with a quad on top of him. And his dad's running over to pull the quad off. I was like, well, did you? Did you learn? What'd you do wrong? <laughs> and now Alex Ortiz is out there killing it. You know, he's just a great individual. He is. He is a fine young man. I just, uh, I have a lot of respect for his dad and, and him. Uh, I really enjoy them as human beings. Yes. So like I said, there's like you and I have been able to reach out and touch so many great great people um uh braxton holy crap braxton is like this freaking wildfire of a kid that's going out in the pro-am class killing it too in the work series um the sanford boys so kenny sanford kenny sanford had been a monstrous part of our racing group for a long time built my motors and the motors always stayed together regardless of how much dumb crap i did to them and didn't change the oil didn't do any kind of maintenance to them they still stayed together they should not have <laughs> so props to kenny um but uh both kenny uh and cody both their the sons incredibly humble boys and very very fast individuals so i got to go up and do the works banquet which was really neat so they called uh uh works called me up to go down uh the perry's called me up to go down and do the the works banquet they're like timmy you would be such a great time here it's like okay fine like why not and I see all these kids, these all these kids come up on stage and they're all taller than me now. And they were all riding on like 90s and 250s before. Now they're all like, I'll say six foot because <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's, that's a good round number. Uh, that's what you said. That's what it looks like, right? That's what it looks like to me. Right. I had I had Gene Simmons uh, dress boots on. They were like 10 inch lifts. And all these kids were still taller than me. Stupid, <laughs> stupid kids. Why did why'd their parents feed them those, those extra meals, right? Yeah, stupid kids anyway. But anyway, but that's um, 
That's the fun part. Now, like I don't get to race. I haven't raced in a long time, but it's the part where I get to have a little piece of it. Now is to see the kids racing and then also talk about the, you know, the older generation that are now racing and still, you know, being a part of it. I just get to promote other people just like you're doing. You know, I, I haven't really done much. You know, I was mid pack ish guy as far as the racing thing goes. Um, I got to test out some cool stuff racing. Um, but now what I get to do is promote everybody that can't promote themselves well enough. I get to do it now, which is fun. Okay. Let's, let, let's get into that conversation. Self-promotion. Oh. So one of the big drawbacks to, I would, I would just say ATV racing because I don't know the UTV crowd that well and learning. Um, and some of the motorcycle guys are the same way. Uh, they don't talk. They don't see the importance in sitting down and having a episode on ATV talk or some other outlets. And this is what pays your, your ride. Yes. If, if you're, if you're a professional racer, um, and you're not, you don't have the ability to self-promote. Um, it's going to be a short-lived business. Um, in the in the long end of the game, it's a business. Um, if you're a pro racer, um, I was fortunate enough to have uh, a couple other businesses uh, that we owned that you know supplemented the the racing career. Um, if you're depending upon you're racing to supplement your income. Being able to speak in public is an attribute that you need to really work on. I consider it like going to the gym. If you need your body fit to be able to race, you need to make sure that you're able to speak in public to promote that. Um, I'm not going to say I was the best self-promoter, but I considered myself to be a top 80 percenter. Um, but it wasn't always talking about myself. Truly the thing that I've always found best is to not talk about yourself. I, I kind of agree with that. You know, you want to play that down and, and to be humble. And um, I learned a long time ago when that little kid wants that photo or wants that moment, you give it to him. Because oh, hell yeah. It, it, in a very short time, you're reaching out to shake that, that little kid's hand. That's a full grown man. That's kicking your butt. Yes. And you need to respect everybody and, and uh, you know what, you, you have to take some of the lumps from being a young, arrogant kid that was in the industry and not understanding how to uh, be humble and, and how to understand that um, not everybody has the same outlook that you do. Um, I came in late to the game, so I didn't have that. I didn't have that foreground. I came in late 
like I'm the old guy showing up. Right. Like, literally, I'm sitting on the pro line and I'm 10 years older than the next cat. You know, like 15 guys that I'm sitting next to. Eichner so always older than you, though. Yeah, I could. I is still older. <laughs> still older. Yeah. He was older than everybody. <laughs> still older than everybody. You know what? George Washington is asking for his bike back. <laughs> he was. We wouldn't give it back. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't have any more respect than I have for Doug Eichner. That guy, I love the shit out of that guy. Um, animal, animal, um, and shorter than me. Just for the record, short, shorter than me. Well, you know, he's crashed a lot. <laughs> I still love the shit out of that guy. And if we I stretch still... him back out, if we stretch <laughs> him back out, he might be taller than you. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yes. I came in late, so I didn't have any preconceived notions. So I'm, I'm a lot different than a lot of the, you know, the racer community that was on the line. Totally different. I will say I came in wide eyed and like, Holy crap, look at this national platform that I could go do crazy crap and then get my, you know, 15 seconds of fame. And it, it it still is amazing to people that, or, or let me put it to you this way. Racers of all levels need to be thankful for works. The GNCC. Totally. ATV MX and other series is around the, you know, AZOP because they're giving you a place to ride. And if you don't like their platform, you, there's another place to go ride. Yep. Shut up and go somewhere else. And that's totally the thing. Yeah. Works. I mean, that's where I kind of started my national platform. Um, I got the amazing ability to go out and do a GNCC, which is like, holy crap. That's a whole different, different spectrum of things. Um, And completely respect that whole level of what they put on and they're still like killing it like the thousands and thousands of people show up to ride these tracks that are like they set up in the woods and so forth but they they do a phenomenal job at it um but what they put together is they give you a platform to show up to right and you make you make it what you want like you pull in the gate, they don't, they don't get, they don't give you a ticket to go be great. They, they give you a pass to get in and then it's your job. I think, I think that what most racers forget is for 98% of us, it's a good time. Oh, I loved it. I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't Will Smith to smile off me. Did I do? Was that a second drop on that? Yeah, that was the second one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take it out of that. Well, I'm going to take it out of that check that I was going to send you. Yeah, I'm not going to send it now. <laughs> you going to dump it. Anyway, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. Like every time I went out there, like literally like pull into an infield. And I'm going to give, well, first of all, I went and met all the photographers. You know, you go out there and you do on practice day 
photographers are out on the track. They are earning a living. That's what they're doing. They're yep. earning a living. They're photographers. That's what they do for a living. You know, they're not out there with like, you know, an iPhone two, you know, shooting pictures. They're out there with like high expensive uh, cameras. And then they have like a big infrastructure behind them. So I went out and met them. And the most influential one I've ever met was Harlan Foley. And I was like, why would I not be great friends with this guy? He's from Maryland, where I'm from. And he's in San Bernardino. We're shooting in, you know, the armpit of California. We're shooting in <laughs> Glen Helen. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to be there on purpose. Yeah. But, we're, but we're at a great racetrack. Um, so I'm going to give Harlan Foley something to shoot. And then we go down to Pismo Beach. In 2003, we're doing a doing a race for works, and there's nobody in front of me, nobody behind me. Harlan Foley is standing in a corner, and there's a big sand dune turn, and Harlan like waves his arm up at me. I'm like, I'm gonna give Harlan something. Like, I'm probably going to go through this corner and shoot a huge rooster tail and and barrel roll 90 times out of it. But I'm going <laughs> to give him I'm going to give him a shot because this guy's working his ass off. He's standing out in the middle of the freaking sand dude sweating his ass off, you know, shooting photos. I'm going to give him something. So I go up there and I I blast this dune and shoot this huge rooster tail. I'm hanging way off and I make the centerfold of a of a magazine it's like that's kind of cool yeah that is you know that's what you get to show your grandkids <laughs> right yeah i got so i got a, pictures up in the we have a, a i'm fortunate enough to have a big trophy room you know, like an odd to me you know you open up the every time you open up the door to the room it goes oh <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not lying. <laughs> <laughs> and there's trophies and pictures and so forth, but that that you know, Mar sense. Maria may come with the broom and hit you in the back of the head. Oh yeah. No, she's well, she's heard this crap like 30 times. She's <laughs> you know, she helped me put it together, so which is kind of fun. Oh god. Um but it was yeah, it was like, you know what, give Give the photographer something. So that was always the TPQ look back, too. I was known for the look back. So not fast, not the best way to go through a jump or anything, but it was give the photographer something. Didn't you crash doing that once? Oh, I've crashed many times doing that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like send it 130 feet and then look back and then bounce crooked. And then all of a sudden now we're doing like 30 barrel rolls. <laughs> That's okay. My shit was in a magazine, Lenny. Shut up. <laughs> Been there, done. I got the t-shirt. I got the t-shirt. Yep. I got the, I got the freaking spread out of the magazine. That's freaking incredible. Yeah. Just give them something. Yeah. Those, those are, those people are working too. That. I just, I just wish I could convey to people how much they should lighten up and have fun. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, huh. you why would you, home. why would you say that over the conversation we had a couple nights ago? Um, because I always have fun, even though it doesn't look like I'm having fun. I'm having a blast. Right. Uh, convey really, it. I am. It's the, con- the convey it part, right? Well, dude, what, you, you, you've seen me at the races. Yeah, you're intense. And, but it's, but that's, that was my living. job. It's, it's that was, job. That's what yeah. I wasn't there. I wasn't there on a hobby deal on a weekend, you know, Correct. My, I was there to earn a living the company I worked for and I was making a living at it. And, and you just had to, uh, I mean, we had to perform that's, it was just the way it was. And as I've evolved since then, you know, I've worked in the desert teams and I've worked for other teams and it doesn't change. I, I have the same level of intensity. It doesn't matter where we go. Um, and, and it's with the podcast. Sometimes you see the videos and you've seen, you see that intensity coming out in there. Um, but if I could just convey to people that have fun. Yes. And, and I know that part of you. And <clears throat> that's what I love about the last conversation we had is that, we, I know that you're a great dude and you love doing what you're doing and nobody, nobody can do what you do. Nobody, no, and nobody's doing what you're doing. You do it cause you love it. You're yeah. not, you're not like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to set aside this million dollars so I can put this $2 million in this place. You're not doing that. What you're doing it is because you love it. Yeah. Because you couldn't, you, you wouldn't have done some of the things that I've done. You didn't. Because of the pay, yeah. <laughs> some of it you paid to go do, and yes, um, even though they gave you money, it still cost you more money than it was worth. And, and yeah, you more you bled more. Yeah, I mean, uh, would I undo any of it? No, I, yeah, I wouldn't do any of it. I, Life I, experiences that you would never get the opportunity to be in. So, <clears throat> going going back on that, I'm going to interview the interviewer. How's that? If you dig that, if that's okay by you, you can ask me any question you want, brother. So now that we had that conversation um, about smiling when you talk, I know that you've always been, I mean, you've all like you show up to the scene. It's always done proper. It's always done hundred percent. So when you listen about, like smiling more when you talk. And that's the thing about what I talk about when I'm interviewing other people on stage, when you smile more, people are like, wow, huh? That's enlightening. It is. You smile, right? Cause you're having fun. You're, you're not doing this shit because you're getting paid billions. You're not, you're doing it cause it's fun, right? There's so many great people you get to talk to and that's, as it as a announcer, I get to do that. I get to do that, you know, hundreds of times over a weekend. You get to have amazing conversations with people that you really enjoy. And some people I'm meeting for the first time on a Zoom call like this, and they don't know me. I don't know them. And we're meshing together. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, 35 minutes into the conversation, it's really taking off because they finally figured out that I'm not going to throw that curveball question at them. I'm, I'm sincere in wanting to know about them because I'm a fan. I'm, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I talked to some of these guys. Uh, I, I don't even, I, I can Logan Stanfield, you know, he's a, he's a ninth to sixth place rider in the, in the uh, ATV MX series. I'm a fan. I want to hear what he's doing to improve mm-hmm. his, his racing. You know, uh, there, there's just so many of them that I talk to in, in different forms, you know, uh, Hunter Hart, this, that guy, he talks faster than you do. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. I'm dead serious. The guy is, I don't awesome. think he has an off button. <laughs> excited to to do what he does right and he loves it and 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 the, he just energizes you and wants i want to do it more and and bring more stories out because i talk to these people and um it, it's just the enjoyment you know probably one of the the funnest things i get to do is is because i have this platform i get to bring you know which is probably some people may like it. Some people don't. I get to bring my son in. I get to bring my dad in. Um, you know, my dad was around back in this, in 1969, when the first three-wheeler came to America, everybody's heard this story. So they're probably like, blah, 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 blah. But, um, when I, when I bring certain people in and sit them down with my dad and it turns on that spark in him and he starts telling the old stories and, and it's just amazing, you know? we're back um we had to take a little a little stop there um we'll call it an old guy break yeah i mean we are prostate's not what it used to be it's all that bouncing up and down on the on the seat (laughs) is what i've been told (laughs) did you have you done much two-wheeler riding I have actually, you know what was it, which is kind of fun because I always used to poo poo to two wheel guys. Um, cause I didn't know anything about it. You know, talk crap about crap. You don't know anything about. Yeah. That was me. And then, uh, my wife got me a dirt bike for her birthday. And for her birthday. No, for my birthday. Well, oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure it was for her birthday. For and she upped the insurance policy. <laughs> I, I think that's I think that's where that lies. Uh, um, she got me a, a two fifty a two fifty Honda, you know, two fifty CRFX, and it's a very very humbling experience. Very humbling experience. It's basically like. If you've never driven a manual car, manual trans- transmission, you've always driven an automatic, and then you get, get into a stick shift, and you pull out of the driveway, and you're like, good, But that's me dropping the goddamn bike. That stupid thing falls over all over the place. It's- you know, they have lowering kits for them. Well, Unfortunately, I had to take the shocks completely out of it. That's because I have like a nine inch inseam. That's where my number nine comes from. 
stupid tall things. Uh, <laughs> she could have bought a CRF one fifty. Actually, Maria has a CRF one fifty. I rode that, and it was a ton of fun. I had a great time on it. Did you? <laughs> I did. Yes. Yeah, and it's a crap load of fun. That little one fifty. It just goes everywhere. And you know what? If you get a little silly, you put your foot down and bring it back up. The two fifty. No, you just freaking fall over, and the fallovers are. It falls over on your leg, and then you have to squiggle to get out from underneath of it, and then pick it back up. <laughs> Stupid dirt bikes. And and then start it. Yes, thankfully it's got an electric start <laughs> because I'd have to push it up to the next log, <laughs> a rock, and kick it. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, so extremely humbled on the two wheeled thing, and I've I've been fortunate enough to uh announce for a bunch of pro dirt bike guys like some of the greatest people in the world um kirk caselli i've entered i've announced for and interviewed a bunch of times um a great interviewer who i love dearly is robbie bell yeah um he comes out on the show in a couple weeks oh that's awesome robbie bell's freaking phenomenal i love the crap out of robbie bell um, Robbie Bell told me he loved me before I went off into an obstacle. <laughs> True story. I have it on video. Um, <laughs> Does his wife know? Yes, she heard it too because it was over the over the PA. Nice. Yes. Anyway, so Robbie Bell loved the hell out of that guy. Um, can't say enough great things about Robbie Bell. Um. But I have a lot of a lot of a lot of respect for the two wheel guys because it doesn't. There's no real crossover. There's a little bit. I mean, coming from a pro level on an ATV, you know, doing obstacles and then blowing through flat corners and so forth, and then going into a corner on a bike where you're like, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 doing more heavy breathing than in a you know a quarter porn market um oh, i'm sorry did i say that you can cut it you can delete it if you need to um because <laughs> i'm not dependent on i'm not dependent on really ben yeah i'm not dependent on that front tire to get, get me out of this corner i'm not stupid thing's gonna buckle i know it is like that. And that's what I'm talking to it as I'm going through the turn, you know, leaned up over the tank and talking to it. It's like, why, why am I talking to the front tire right now? Well, I know it's going to, I, I know it's going to let me down. <laughs> you know, the, the pro ATV converts that, that I've talked to from that went from motorcycles as a professional to ATVs as a professional. Mm -hmm. All say the ATV at the professional level is harder. Takes more skill. Interesting. So that that's cool. I mean, I can't say that because I I haven't. You know, I, I haven't crossed that spectrum. Um, I know Dustin Nelson. I'm, I'll talk to you know. I'll talk about the people that I know first and foremost. Dustin Nelson. You know, obviously phenomenal freaking dirt bike rider and been you know pro uh bo baron whom which i love and respect 
and will take any piece of advice from, even if it's terrible. He, he will say Salisbury steak isn't salty enough. And I'll still say, okay. <laughs> Robbie Bell. Um, Ivan Ramirez. There's, there's tons of pro bike riders that I've talked to that I haven't heard that has done the crossover that said that's the case. I, um, I offered Robbie Bell. I would put a quad together and bring it out if he'd ride it. And he said, no. Because <laughs> well, he's smart. <laughs> That's why. I mean, who would do that? Nobody does that. Nobody, nobody in their right mind would do that. I mean, only of us idiots that, that show up and do funny things well, in yeah, public. I, I mean, I, I've got to deal with, uh hello how are you she just ran right off yeah uh, yeah she didn't even focus into the screen she just was that blur behind you mm-hmm. she's like spider woman um i've got to to deal with Bo a little and talk with him i've got to deal with dustin a little um i've had good conversations with him and i've got to deal with travis damon um and travis damon great personality also um phenomenal talent uh yes i think that he needs coaching but very talented you know mm-hmm. he has a he has a raw skill set that needs some refining you know um and it may come with age um bo i think bo's demeanor is why bo is so good he just never gets excited Nobody, nobody will be on a higher pedestal for me than Bo. Uh, he's he's a great guy. I mean, I really enjoy talking to Bo. Like full full spectrum, like anywhere from you know racing side by side, quad, dirt bike, but then helmet comes off. He is a goofy son of a bitch. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a goofy son of a bitch, but. Yeah, he he does that, but he's a solid individual. I'm mean, like, once the mic shuts off, he's he's all put together and getting programmed up. Yeah, I, I had the fortune of uh, doing a short at Prim this year with his daughter. Oh, cool! And she's already. I think she's. 13, 14. Yeah. And she's got that down. Watching she's dad. Smoke. Yeah. I mean, she hit her. She, you know, you, you, you interviewed a ton of people and I don't really interview. I just had a little conversation with her and she hit the mark. She knew the sponsor. She knew who she needed to talk to. She needed, knew what she needed to say. There was no stutter. There was no nothing. Just her and Braxton killed it. And I'd talked to Braxton before and he'd stuttered, but that this day they both were the, the best of the best. I mean, it was perfect. I'll, I'll step out of bounds and I'll say it always comes down to parenting. Parenting does. I don't think it's Bo. (laughs) (laughs) Brandy has a lot to do with it. Brandy (laughs) Brandy is awesome as a, as a, 
as a wife, a friend, a mom, and and just a lady that I have a ton of respect for. That, mm-hmm. that girl is I, I actually when we do lives and when we do things like that, I'll actually send her a message. Hey, how'd we do? You know, and she'll give just like you, brutal honesty. You know, yep. sound was this or was that or was that? But all in all, it was good. You know, I mean, so you, you always find those people that you can respect and and and, and know that their opinion is solid and honest. Yeah, she's not going to feed you a line of bullshit to make you feel good. No, no, she, she's going to she's going to tell you what's up. Exactly, and and, and yeah. you, those are rare humans, and and I think it comes from being the mother of I believe she's got three kids. Uh yes. So they're all daughters, yeah. and yeah, that's why Bo's so goofy. Yeah, you <laughs> know how bad he's got it. It's like holy, yeah. All day, every day. Um, he's the man's man, you know. He totally is. Three daughters and a wife at home, and he is a man's man. So totally all day, every day. Yep, yeah. that's why I got a ton of respect for for Bo. So, the, go ahead. Talking about. <clears throat> so let's go back a little bit about um, your ability to reach out to the world and tell their story. This is the platform that you have, and I've never put together this platform, but you're you're stretching out. Um, and I can't thank you enough for doing that. I mean, and reaching out to me because I'm little old me. I, I haven't really done anything. You know, I'm just I'm a, I'm a little blip. I'm a I'm one little speed bump. <laughs> that lady, that beautiful lady right there that just kissed you on the head. She, she loved you to death. She does. Uh, it's only because of the roofie I put in her coffee every morning. <laughs> you know, she could hear that. <laughs> she did. She laughed. <laughs> um, Tim, it all comes down to um, the realization of the ATV industry. I love it. And it, it'll always come first. Um, but there's ATV people that have went into other things and there's people that i know that have evolved into other series and they have some information that people need to hear or stories that people need to hear and and whether it be a friend of mine that was in the military or an acquaintance uh that's a, a police officer or a fireman um those stories need to be told as well there's right People are doing so many cool things in this world and the conversation that you get to have with them and the excitement and the enthusiasm. Some people, which you well know, are just flat. And no matter what (laughs) you talk about, they're flat. Yes. Um, And other people just get so excited and full of energy, you know. um, Shed light on the positive. Andrea Berger. The first time I spoke to her was nervous the whole time. Right. We hit, we, I stopped recording and the conversation started. Huh. I wish I would have hit record again. I wish <laughs> I could hit record and it not make any noise because we talked about all the things that we wanted to talk about in the podcast, you know? Yeah. And since then she's been great. I've had her on many, many times, you know? Nice. Um, just, just, there's just so many great people that I get to meet and uh, talk to and, and 
tomorrow I'm going to talk to a guy about restoring three wheelers. I started on three wheelers. Um, That's the whole problem. Yeah. Well, look at my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, that brings me back to something I was going to ask. You know, when you come back from the UTV World Championships, you've done all that cool stuff and you've entertained all those people. How does Maria get your head back in the door? Oh, my goodness. So it's it's so funny because, uh, yes, it's a huge ego pull for me. And interviewing all those, you know, people and entertaining all those people, thousands and thousands of people um, is a huge hit for me. It's it's the hit of going out and you know, missing that tree by centimeters or bouncing off that tree and almost dying because it's almost the same adrenaline rush. You're standing up in front of all these people, but then when you nail it and all those people follow and you have all those people, um, you know, loving it and cheering and so forth, you know, and screaming TPQ, TPQ, you know, I don't know how to even describe that. It's taken a whole new evolution. And no, Maria can't harness it. It's you can't harness it. That's why I have thousands of stickers. <laughs> you still haven't answered my question. No, I haven't. No, I just see. I, I totally, uh, I did. A I know total, she could bring you right back down to earth. Oh no. She's like, no, she puts a palm right in the middle of my forehead and she's like, sit down. We're going to have a conversation right now. <laughs> we have some business. We have some businesses to run here in town and you're not TPQ anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee I can, I can see that happening right now. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. And I, and I, I sit with my hands crossed and my lap and my, my feet crossed and just kind of bow my head a little bit. And she literally has, she's like palming my head. Like, yeah, you need to come back to earth right now. Knock it off. Yeah. You're not, you're not TPQ in this world right now. Oh God. (laughs) It's a cool escape. It really is. Um, I mean, we have, we have a couple great businesses that are going and Maria is the, Maria is the forefront of it. Um, I have a little bit to do with it. She's really the stronghold of it. She's the common sense part of it. And I'm, I'm the poo flinger. (laughs) I'm, I'm really glad that you guys found your niche and it's excelling for you because you're two of the greatest people on the planet and, and keep doing what you're doing because it's working and, and, um, you and I are going to have more and more conversations in the future. Um, Thank you. Next time you're going to bring Maria to sit her down a little bit, because there's always some, somebody's going to want to hear some of these little backstories that, that you don't necessarily tell as good as she might. You don't want the cold, hard truth, brother. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Uh, I can handle it. I think I can handle it. Yeah. I may piss myself laughing, but <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, Oh, I don't know if I can let that. I don't know if I can let it loose. Oh <laughs> yeah. 
I've I've won. I've totally won on the wife lottery. I totally won. No, nobody, nobody has won better than me. And I'm truly thankful to be able to do what I do every day and to have that woman behind me. She will stand behind me and push me forward, but she will also stand behind me and kick a foot out and push me down when I'm stepping out of line. You know, it, it took me a long time to find my Maria, which mm. we, call, we call her Terry. Um, and she's the person that harnessed me. Mm-hmm. Um, you've known me for a lot of years and I, uh, I thank the Lord every day because I believe in my heart that she saved my life, you know, got me in a, a, a track in life that, uh, is positive. You right. Know, when you work as much as I do and you worked as much as I did, um, you didn't take care of yourself. You didn't, nope. you didn't do the things that you were supposed to do. Um, my kids probably, my son loves the ATV world. My daughter just despises it. You know, Juliana, um, Valeria and Paula came into this life, not knowing what it was. And now they're immersed in the podcast and the promotion and the production of it and everything. And they love it but they're not at the races and they're, they didn't live through all that travel. Um, right. The, yeah. The, the trenches of it. So I, I went through the, the golf industry like that. I was a young kid, uh, you know, four or five years old traveling all up and down the West or the East coast. Uh, my dad was a professional golfer on the PGA tour. I, I have pictures with Lee Trevino, Chichi Rodriguez. Wow. And then also I have a I have a great picture with Bob Hope and President Gerald Ford wow. on on a golf course. Like I'm holding their legs and Secret Service is wanting to like put a cap in me because I ran up. <laughs> but I hate golf. I freaking hate it. I hate golf because in that, you know, because of you know. Same, same kind of thing. Immersed in it so deep. It, it, I get it. I don't think that I had, had a, ever a shot of doing anything but this. Really? Yeah. You do any? You're so talented. You're so talented in your mechanical thoughts. You could have done anything you wanted. Like you, yeah, but- you could literally take take anything that was given to you and break it down and fix it. You're a fixer guy. You fix things. But but see, that came from watching dad in the shop. You know, I mean, I'm six, eight years old sitting on the concrete floor with a screwdriver taking carburetors apart. Right. But it's but it comes down to fixing things. You have it, you you see something and you mentally break it down and you fix something. The only thing is, is that when you fix it, Come up, you smile, you put it on the camera. You're like, damn it, look at me. Fixed it again. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily put it on camera. <laughs> I, I, actually, I don't want most of my work time pictured, photo, filmed, nothing. 
It's my, that's my counseling session with myself. You know, you go in that room, you go in that shop and you, you have that machine laid out and you, there's just so many things that you, that you do that other people may think is nonsense, but it's just, it's, it's soothing. And, and your girl, when she's, when you're working on her and you're building her, she's, she's going to tell you what, what she's going to do for you right then. As you're putting her together and as you're sliding the bolts in and working the A arms and the swing arm and, and tapping the holes and, you know, doing the thing, she's telling you what kind of champion she's going to be. And sometimes they go together really hard and your life with them is rough because they just never seem to work. And then there's other machines that fall together and you just know that's the one. I mean, you watch that movie, um, Days of Thunder. Uh huh. And he's sitting, Robert Duvall's talking to the car. Yeah, walking over it, talking to it. Like, and then there's that little puddle of do this. And yeah. Okay. That's the people think that that's just a movie. That's real. You do that. You talk to your machines Mm -hmm. and. And you go through all that and you, and, and they give you signs. You just have to be open to see it. Um, and, and every time that I've worked on a machine that I've thought, Oh, it's just going to be fine. It broke. That's the part that broke. Because it's going to be just fine, but not. No. Cause you know, if you think about it, check it. If it pops in your head, it's there for a reason. You need to check it. Right. Um, I, I I probably have told you this story, but in 2000, um, I think it was 2018. Yeah, it was 2018. We're at the staging area for the Vegas Arena. Okay. And it's the night before. And uh, the owner of the team is Craig Simmons, and he liked to camp at the starting line. You know me, I'm not a fan. Right. <laughs> I'm sleeping in my truck, but I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was fretting over the valve train. So I got up in the middle of the night, took the bike apart, checked the valves with my little headlight on, made sure the, uh, the, the sprocket was tight, made, did, did everything, retorked it all, and put it all back together, gassed it, and pushed it over where they needed it to be for in the morning. <laughs> And uh, one of the guys thought that they saw me working on the bike, but they weren't sure. And one of the other team guys, I told him at pit 13 what I had done, and he couldn't believe it. You really did that? And I go, yeah, well, I had to know. Right. You just can't go to sleep. I mean, you're sending a, you're sending a bike out with a rider that this better finish. Yep. Yep. Better finish. It's got my name on it. I'm not going to send a turd out. They they unofficially clocked that bike at, at, at about the 530 mile mark going uphill on a pea gravel road at 88 miles an hour. Valve train was solid. Oh, dude, that bike. We I loved that bike. That was probably my most favorite machine I've ever built. <laughs> it was just. Uh, you know, my dad tells stories about 
things that he built, you know, um, cause he used to build XR 75s for Ricky John, Rick, Ricky Johnson. Ricky Johnson was a great, uh, person I got to announce with at the mint 400 just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He's a freaking phenomenal motorcycle rider. He drove trucks pretty well too, didn't he? <laughs> yes. He did all that very, very well. Didn't his sons race? Uh, yes. It didn't go very well, did it? Um, not as not as big as Ricky. Wow, that's crazy. And Ricky doesn't race anymore. Ricky announces, and that's Ricky. And Ricky does a great job announcing. Really? Do yes. they? Is it a? Is it the for TV or is it out out in the in the deal like you are? No, it's TV. So. Um, it's live stream and then will be produced to NBC sports here in a little, in a while. Are you big time? Is that really, you're going to go big time? I've been big time for a few years now, Lenny. Sorry. (laughs) Yes. I forget. I know you. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've been, uh, yeah, I, I'm the official voice for mid 400 for the past, uh, I don't know, six years, seven years. So I've done TV for a few. It's fun. I just, I just remember them starting the mid 400 a couple of days ago, you know, uh, maybe a couple of years ago again, and it's already yeah. been six or seven years. Yes. Yeah, so the mid 400 has been going for 52 years. Yeah, but it took a break there for a while. It, it did. It did. And then the Martelli brothers, which are some of the greatest promoters on the planet, um, threw a shit ton of money at it um, and brought in some great, great uh, sponsors. Like BF Goodrich is one of them, like their title sponsor. And they've thrown it a ton of money and they've made it something phenomenal. And I'm just tickled to be a part of it, you know, in my dumb ass get to be put on TV, which is. That's dude, 7 million people right there. Yes. They're just not live. No, they're not live, but I got 7 million people are going to know who you are. Yeah. But I get, I get, I get, you know, a few thousand people in front of me, which is fun. You know, Delayed reaction, delayed gratification kind of thing, which is fun, too. I don't. Is it where I've ever thought I would be? Uh, absolutely not. My dumbass bouncing, you know, casing triples where it should have been a double single. <laughs> <laughs> and I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah well like why why am i here now i don't know <laughs> you had to, you have to have two businesses that make money because you have to be able to afford the, the health plan oh the health plan is retarded for freaking uh self-employment right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they knew what you did before uh yeah it was all bicycle injuries <laughs> everything was bicycle injuries <laughs> 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 I was riding a I was riding a bicycle, everything. Uh I'm sure that you have some of those scars too. <laughs> yeah, a couple hundred. Most of my body's scar tissue. 
man. <laughs> Tim, I want to thank you so much. You're you're a dear friend. And like I said, you always put everything in a different perspective in a different light when I talk to you. And I really enjoy that. Um, I don't think I've laughed this much in a long time. And uh, as serious as I am, most of the time, I think that, that this is good for my health. Well, laughter is the best medicine always. And um, going, you know, not to put it in a dark light or anything like that, but after the Maria having uh, breast cancer and coming out of it, it's like, yeah, live every day. Why not? Life is too short. You can go at a click. You can go anytime. Are you going to be angry about it? Or are you going to be happy about it? What did you do? Who did you inspire? Who did you laugh with? Right. Have that, have that be something that is on the back of a jersey. Call it that. Laugh with people. Enjoy people. I just want to give back more than I've received. And I could have this podcast for a hundred years and I just don't know if I could ever give it all back. Well, keep smiling and keep doing it. Everybody will, everybody will enjoy. Cause I do. <laughs> I love, I love listening. Yeah. You have some great personalities on here. You know, I'm thankful that you brought on the, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the, the town idiot, which is which is fun. <laughs> I get to tell some jokes and talk you know, about neat people. In all seriousness, though, Tim, you may say that uh, because you're the because you have that uh, comedian side to you. Uh, you're very intelligent, and I think you're very quick witted. Um, I would never think that uh, that off the track. You're an idiot. Appreciate that. Tell that to my. Uh, uh, I've told that uh, to your wife. Well, I was going to say tell that to my wife, but also you know tell that to uh, the uh, the dude at the prison that's locking me up every night. But <laughs> you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> right, Lenny. I have such a great time chatting with you, man, and like. Tons of respect for you. You know that. And for the off-road community, too, um, I'm humbled to be able to speak with and about the people that have changed my life dramatically, um, opened me up to a whole new world of what I've never been able to believe what I could do and accomplish what I've done now. Um, I'm truly thankful. We're just getting started, brother. <laughs> yep. We're just getting started. I'd kick more doors down, but my knees are bad. Yeah, you just knock yourself out on that. I'm not going <laughs> to pick my leg up. <laughs> pick me up when I fall over and then give me CPR. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> we got a car battery and some jumper cables. That's going to have to work. <laughs> awesome love you lenny tons well thank you brother um tim as always i will be back in touch because we're, we can never be done talking um and we got to do this again
The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industry building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.